You're listening to episode 64 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. If you're catching this one in real time, it is Valentine's week and it's coming in hot. So I thought it would be the perfect time to talk all things love. Uh, Last week in episode 63 with Amy Smith, we got really deep into how to develop that confidence and skill in stepping into your purpose and that calling without fear of what other people think. Whether it's mending relationships that have been broken in the process of pursuing entrepreneurship or it's learning how to let go of certain relationships. We talked a lot about that. She taught us how to find our own voice in the process. But this week we're going even deeper and talking specifically about how to pursue that purpose and calling and business while maintaining a strong relationship with your spouse or your significant other. Sometimes it can feel like a tall order, or at least for me, to manage it all. And it's way too easy to put the people that we love most that feel closest to us on the back burner because we take for granted the fact that we think they're always going to be there. You know, I can, I can hustle, I can work on this business. I can kind of put that relationship aside because I know my spouse is, you know, they're going to be there to support me in a few years when I finally come out of the weeds of building this thing. But Gerard and Jesse, the married hosts of Marriage's Funny Podcast, came on the show, and I loved this chat because it was all about reminding us that there are some things that we may not be considering as we pursue our calling while we're also trying to do life alongside somebody else. I adore these two. We had so many laughs and a lot of honesty, but the realness of these two make it really easy to see that it's not about having the perfect relationship, which they don't claim to have, but it is about finding the ways to prioritize the relationship as we're navigating other things. They don't call themselves experts in marriage, which I appreciate because you don't have to be perfect at everything or have it all figured out to be able to speak to what you're going through. They're just in the trenches like the rest of us, navigating the ups and downs that come with juggling so many different worlds, but they do know what can happen because it almost happened to them when what should be our deepest connections get neglected. And they're giving us some applicable ways that we can show up for both our relationships and our pursuits and our businesses. So I think you guys are gonna love this conversation. And even if you're not currently in a relationship, I think you'll get immense value from this because as you get into one someday, or if you get into one someday, you will have this groundwork already laid down for you versus the rest of us who are scrambling to try and fix what's broken. So let's get to this really fun, really real chat with Gerard and Jesse. All right. So Gerard, Jesse, it is a breath of fresh air to be talking about what sometimes gets neglected in pursuit of greatness, entrepreneurship, personal growth, all those things. And that's, you know, nurturing our relationships, primarily the most important relationship many of us have, which is our marriage. So I am excited to have you both on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us here. It's been so fun. We've been really looking forward to talking with you more about everything you just mentioned. So this is a treat. Yeah, for me too. So I know you're not, you two don't self-proclaim as relationship experts or anything, but because you're like the rest of us in the sense that you're figuring it out as you go and, and working through like whatever roadblocks you run into, but you guys focus pretty heavily on marriage and how to nurture it through all the craziness of busyness, life, business, 
what are your backgrounds? Like, how did this all come to be? So I have a background in marketing and creative consulting, primarily in digital media. Gerard is a finance guy, mm-hmm. actuary slash, uh, what do you, what do you call yourself? These I days? don't know what you're going to put the mergers and acquisitions, <laughs> mergers and acquisitions. Uh, he works yeah. in corporate finance, yeah. but has, has done a couple of different things throughout the years. And, you know, like you said a minute ago, I think one of the things that can often happen for two people who are pursuing full and vibrant careers in any industries, um, how do you find the balance between that pursuit, but also staying uh, in a healthy relationship yeah. and figuring out how to prioritize that connection between you. And you know, one of the things that was interesting, not to go off on a tangent right off the bat, but that's kind of, that's kind of my MO. I just think when I was thinking about this a lot the other day is wondering if there's some sort of correlation between people who would consider themselves or maybe not even consider themselves, but people who are high performers as it relates to then what sort of impact that has on their primary relationship, whether it be a marriage or their main romantic relationship. And Mm -hmm. I know for us, I think our careers have had a huge impact on how we both relate to and pursue each other. So yeah, I would say that has definitely been a part of how our podcast got started. I don't know. You want to tell that story? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we were going through life, as any married couple does, going through kind of some lows, actually. In fact, we were at the lowest part in our relationship as a married couple. We've been married for seven years. And our careers are doing well. Things were going well, except we were not connecting at all. And it was a really rough spot. So we had this conversation of, like, how, how do we make this better? And one of the things that we were really noticing was that period of time in our lives just felt very isolated. Our marriage felt like we were on a little island and we were kind of keeping up the front around us to say, hey, everything's fine. We're a great couple. We're, we're doing great. And internally, we were just like, this is not working. And so we... Um, we you were, broke up with me, actually, over a, a plate of sushi because... Wait, broke up with you? Well... I didn't, like, break up with you. <laughs> you. I feel like you broke up with me as a, as a business owner. Yes. Jesse's an entrepreneur, and I was doing her books, and I was being kind of a consultant to her business a lot of times. And I would have one day be Out technical support. Out of your own heart. I wasn't forcing you into any of that. No, you were you were like, this isn't working out. And I was like, are you breaking up with me? Like, no, I'm, I'm going to be your husband. I'm not going to be your business consultant any longer. I can't do it. It's too much pressure on us. We're not even in a good spot in general. So how can I possibly be your coworker? And I think that's the crux of it. It's not that people aren't it's that that's impossible to have both a partner in life and in business certainly there's plenty of people who make that work and in certain seasons we've been able to make it work as well but i think in that case what was happening was it was things were too tangled up in terms of well what you just said really was i think the heart of it is that we were already in a place that felt compromised like our relationship felt compromised and so to then layer on that like working relationship with one another it just, it almost broke us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we were kind of stuck and we were like, what should we do? And one of the jokes we kind of had at the time was, you know, each time we're in this argument, these different arguments that we're going through, like, let's just record it and let's send it to some of our best friends who lived elsewhere at the time. And maybe they can just, you know, hear us out and then tell us who won the argument. Like that would be a good 
way to handle this discussion. <laughs> and so, wanna... I don't remember whose idea that was, but I just remember thinking it was a great idea because I usually win the arguments. And so I knew that if we were recording our, our fights and sending them to our friends for mediation, I would, I would have a pretty good record. Mm-hmm. And, and I think whoever suggested it, then the other person said, it's all fuzzy to us now. It's yeah. funny. This was four or five years ago. Uh, the other person was like, that kind of sounds like a podcast. And then I remember I was like, that's it. We're starting a podcast and the rest is history. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's amazing. And it's so funny how things come to life based on our own experiences and our own struggles sometimes. I mean, almost, I don't know. I think it's safe to say every person that I've interviewed for the podcast has said something similar in the sense that Mm -hmm. I was going through this tough time or I was kind of beating my head up against the wall with this or I was struggling with this so I created the solution for myself. Like everything kind of comes from that struggle. And the cool thing is watching what like visionaries and creatives do with that versus just saying, I'm going through a struggle, this sucks. How can I turn this into a message? So that's awesome. I'm going to highlight something that you probably don't typically get highlighted, but Gerard, my husband was an actuary. Nice. (laughs) That's a deep brotherhood right there. Yeah, for sure. You two are probably some, no offense to actuaries listening, although I doubt very many at all are. Um, (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to say because of how you preface that. Yeah, like you guys actually are able to hold a real human conversation (laughs) and have that communication skill that many don't seem to have been to the Christmas parties, not looking, (laughs) not something I miss. Well, you know what they say about how you can tell the difference between an introverted actuary and an extroverted actuary. No, tell me. And extroverted actuary will look at your shoes while they're talking to you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. True. True. And then there are the people listening in being like, what the hell is an actuary? I know, I know. In a nutshell, they're real smart with numbers. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Totally perfect way to say it. Best description of Risk managers. (laughs) Yeah, risk management. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but as my business kind of ramped up, my most valued relationship, which is my marriage, and that is what I always want to be my most valued relationship other than my faith, it was the easiest thing for me to take for granted because in my mind, it was like, well, he's locked in. I'm in this season of hustle. Like I can get, we can get to the, like the connection and stuff later because this is go time for me. And it was, there is this element when you're building a dream, it's selfish. Like there is a level of self-centeredness when you are in pursuit of a dream, even if that dream positively affects your family, even if that dream Mm -hmm. changes the course of your children's lives and grandchildren's lives and all those things and makes the impact on the world, you have to have this focus on self of like, I'm doing this, I'm growing into the leader I want to be, I'm making the impact. One of the most valuable things that we ever did And it was kind of like this come to Jesus moment for us when my husband, when he was working full time as an actuary at the time, he basically called me out on it. He's like, I'm sick of talking to you and looking at the back of your phone, or I'm sick of, you know, our evenings being spent with you, like answering emails. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like I haven't prioritized this. That's actually not what I said. I probably said something really snippy and defensive, but eventually (laughs) I said that. Yeah, girl, Um, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesse, you're in entrepreneurship, like- Talk to me about that piece for you guys and, and what you see in other people of like, why is it so easy for us to take that for granted? And how can we kind of 
flip the script. And even if we are in hot pursuit of our vision and our dreams, how can we make sure to keep that relationship a very centered piece of our life? That's such a great question. Very well put. And I can tell by how you worded it that you can so deeply relate and, and I to you on this level that, to be honest, I don't know that enough entrepreneurs or again, like high performing, you know, corporate career people either are really talking much about how our marriages can be impacted mm -hmm. by our orientation to our work. And in terms of how things have played out for us, I mean, I think one of the things that we've continued to learn, so there wasn't like a, you know, when a few years ago when we had this whole big explosion, we figured it out. And then ever since then, it's been wonderful. I think something that we continue to learn is that the more we can pour into each other or a little differently, but additionally pour into our connection. Sometimes we talk about our, our marriage as having like three parts, essentially there's Gerard as an individual, Jesse as an individual, and then the connection between us as a separate, obviously it's not a separate person, but it's almost like its own thing. Each of those three things are so important. And if we're not continuing to build those things up and pay attention to the health of those three entities, then when we go through, whether it's a launch, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a really busy travel season mm -hmm. for either one of us, or something that maybe is above and beyond what a typical day-to-day -day work week would look like, then you're more liable or more likely to have breakdown moments. Yeah. And one of the metaphors we use is that in the times where we have the ability to be more proactive, we do various things to what we call build up our cushion. And just imagine like a floor cushion that you'd be sitting on. And we notice that when we don't pour into our connection or into each other, then that cushion gets really threadbare. So that in the moments where you are working really hard or where you have to pay attention to something else and be a little selfish, like you said, um, if you haven't built up that cushion or, you know, almost like think of it as like insurance, <laughs> um, if you haven't poured into that, then you're going to be really uncomfortable and it might be super painful. And at some point you might feel like, look, I don't, I don't want to be sitting here on the floor anymore. This is too much. I can't handle it. I'm out. Mm -hmm. And of course there's some people that do call it. Um, and I think to what you said about taking things for granted, it's tricky, right? Especially if you hold marriage to that standard of, look, this is for life and we wouldn't throw in the towel for most reasons. It can be tr tricky because then you feel like you could get away with more maybe than, mm -hmm. <laughs> than other people who, who consider just giving up to be a, a main option. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. It's funny you say that because everyone's different. And I know people, I'm okay saying whatever I think, because people are critics of one way. If I talk no one way, what. yeah, like I can't win. So knowing that I'm happy to share like my husband and I's, my stance on that. And, um, the D word is never on the table for us. And we've been through some dark times in our marriage and we've had hard times connecting and we've had amazing times in our, or many times are amazing. But with that not being on the table, I think you bring up a, an important point is that it can be a little easier to get into that comfort zone because you're like, well, we're together for life. Like this isn't going anywhere. But at the same rate, I think it's data. Like the, our divorce rates are like out of control in this country, mm -hmm. probably other parts of the world too. And mm -hmm. it's because there's a plan B for their A game. It's like, 
people have gotten soft. Like they don't want to do the work when they're in the valley because they're like, well, I got this app that shows me like 50 other options that I could have tomorrow. And this just hurts right now. And this is hard and I don't want more hard in my life. So maybe this just didn't work out or maybe they just weren't my soulmate versus like I signed up for a lifetime. Love is a choice. I'm going to put the effort and the work behind what I committed to in, in my vows. So I could go off on a tangent with that, but I think you make a really valid point. And honestly, here's something interesting about that. I think you are forced into resilience and obviously, so in terms of divorce, again, I could go different ways depending on the day and the circumstance. I think mm -hmm. there are some important exceptions to be made and whatnot, but, but for us, that's all I can speak to right now sure. is for Same us, here. not an option in our current situation, but one of the things that I think that does is when you say like, look, we're, we're not going to have divorce be an option for us is you basically, it's like, well, then we need to figure this out. Yeah. Right. And so you're forced into resiliency in a way that I, I can't think of anything else to even compare it to. Does well, that make sense? The only thing I was thinking of is like, look, when our marriage is not healthy, mm -hmm. it's not a fun place to be. Right. And like, it would be pretty easy if, if we were both okay with getting divorced. I mean, no one's okay with getting divorced probably, but you know what I'm saying? If, mm -hmm. if that weren't such a big deal to us, we would have called it by now. Sure. I'm convinced. But so my point though is like, since that's not, yeah. right? It doesn't, it's not fun to stick around in something that's crummy. So you're like, okay, well, how do we make this better? Right. Sure. And, and that's been kind Versus of- Versus how do I get out? Yeah, exactly. And so our viewpoint has always been like, you know, it's okay for me to say to Jesse, Right now, I don't feel like we're connecting that well. In fact, I feel like we're roommates. And I don't have to have a fear that that honesty, while difficult, is going to just end up in her being like, yeah, you know what? Now you mentioned it. That's true. Let's get out. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's going to be like, okay, I respect what you're saying. And I can see it from your viewpoint. And I also would like to make that not the case. I want to make it a better marriage. I want to make our happiness more within the confines of our marriage. We talk about... You know how like when people are dating, I, this actually, I remember having this conversation with you when we were dating is something that had happened to me a lot until I met you was that I'd meet a great guy and then somehow things would like fade into the friend zone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like things are like cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're more like friends. That happens to me a lot. And so we talk about how with married people, there's something that we call the dreaded roommate zone. Is like you get married and it's like, oh my gosh, we're married. And then a couple years later, or however long later, depending on the couple, obviously, you can realize like, oh my gosh, we make a great team. We're partners. We, we live well together and everything, but we, it's like, we're more like roommates. There's not the same spark or passion or whatever. And I think in those cases, we've had a lot of friends who've slipped into that zone and then said to each other and then to us, you know, we've just fallen out of love. And so yeah. we're splitting up and it's like, this is what I want to say. And, and I'm talking about in cases where there's no abuse, there's no infidelity, there's no like, right. no danger involved, but just falling out of love. And I'm like, then fall back in love. <laughs> it's, love to me is something that it really does, especially within marriage. It's something that takes work. And, you know, we're getting ready to, to do a couple of new projects as it relates to marriage is funny. And so it's, it's been exciting and fun to start doing more of the psychological research that goes into any sort of content creation or should, in my opinion. And it's been fun because I've been learning so much more about um, just the thought process of kind of what happens, I think, in the breakdown at the different points of breakdown for certain couples. And so this is all very front of mind for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
it's fun to watch like your podcast come to life and see other people that are leading the charge in talking about this. And I think it's a tricky thing because entrepreneurship is becoming so prevalent. And like so many people are like working their side hustles and their side gig and this thing and like launching into bigger and better stages of their business or supporting their families on their business or whatever it is, it's available to us and it's such a blessing. But there isn't that discussion of like, what are some of the tactical things that we can do as we grow or as we grow our businesses that can ensure that we are keeping the connection front of mind, that we are choosing our marriage and choosing love and choosing to work on it. And that we're not forgetting our partner in the process because maybe, you know, Jesse, you're pursuing entrepreneurship while Gerard's not in that space. And that can create a, a gap too. That happened with Michael and I when he was still working before we brought him home. It was like he'd come home at the end of the day mm-hmm. and I would be like, okay, great, baby, I got to go work now. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute, when's their time for us? And the the biggest thing for us became communication. It became, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for anyone listening that has a business, I think a big piece of it is let them into the vision of how it's going to positively affect the family. Because when mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm building this business, it's going to be amazing someday. Well, why? What, how is that? How is it worth this is a sacrifice for you as a business owner. This is a sacrifice for your, your partner too. So how can you have that conversation of like, how is this worth their sacrifice? And can you ask them to be a part of it? You know, we got to this place where it wasn't just like filling in the gaps with work all day for me. And it was like, Hey, between these hours, you think you can take the kids so I can power through this and then we can have our family time and, and really like making it focused work and then focused family time and being mm. where our feet were planted. And um, I, I'm curious what you guys think about that. And if you have any like tactics or strategies that you guys talk about to help people keep their marriage forefront. The two things that come to mind, one you touched on a little bit is one is boundaries, certainly. And like, it doesn't have to be any sort of specific prescription that we come up with. Uh, I think it should be personal to the couple. And so like you just gave an example of, uh, and when I say boundaries, maybe it's like a combination of boundaries and expectations Yeah. because you just said, you know, an example being like, Hey, Michael, can you take the kids? right now so that later I can really make space for that boundary of family time. Right. Or I know for us, it's, it's like, okay, look, we know that these few hours of the day or night or week or whatever it ends up being, we're not going to talk about work or whatever it may be. It's different in any season. And then the second thing, well, I was going to just real quick, oh, yeah. flip on that too, is, is you often will tell me, you know, during the day, Hey, I need to talk about this piece of my business tonight with mm-hmm. you. So it sets like my like expectation. Several hour lead time to prepare himself. Cause to your point is like, when I come home after work, like I'm trying to be done with work. Right. And if I come home and then have to do more work, well, you're, and it's, it's not, not even much, necessarily having to do more work. Yeah. You're, I don't get to just it, kick back, it you know. It feels like I, yeah. work listening yeah, to yeah. me, I'm sure. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Um, well, no, I think that's yeah, that's a big part of it. It's so, just, what was your second point? Oh, my second point was having shared projects. Yeah, I think uh, giving each other excuse isn't the right word, but kind of is. It's like giving each other or giving us as a team something to look forward to together, something to learn about together. 
something to pursue together. So for us, you could imagine that a lot of that is related to Marriage is Funny, our show, but before our podcast, it looked like, for, I would say our favorite thing to do together as a shared hobby or a shared project is hosting. We love entertaining. And like, even it was a couple days ago or maybe yeah. a week ago or something. It had been a while since we had entertained, but we were having like 12 people over or something for apps and drinks. And we were both bustling around the house and like doing all of our usual, we kind of have a system we just like jump into. Right. And we were having the best time. And it's funny because like he's in his element when we're doing that and I'm in my element. And it's almost like you see each other as I mean, I just, I can't wipe the smile off my face even thinking about it is I get to see him in this almost more wholehearted version of himself because of how happy he is to be pursuing something that he loves. But since I'm also pursuing the same thing and loving that moment as well for myself, it's this weird synergy that happens. So I think whatever it ends up being, for some people, it's even building a family as their shared project. Like it doesn't have to be a hobby. It can be look, we're raising these small humans to be, you know, beautiful people and wholehearted individuals. And I think that can be for certain seasons, what that looks like as well. But yeah, I think having a shared project certainly helps to facilitate the connection that otherwise can sometimes go by the wayside. Mm, yeah, I, I feel that big time. And it's funny, Michael and I went dancing the other night. Yeah, we live. We in the, love to dance. We like it too. I say like. I don't say love. We're getting there. <laughs> wait, is he the is one like, who likes to dance? Wait, is this like ballroom dancing? Yeah, we did. Okay. Like, what's no, no hip hop. My husband would not. Oh, see, that's us. We like to go like legit, like club clubbing. Dancing. Oh, good for you. No, like we were really. We live in the sticks of Wisconsin, and he found this like ballroom dance studio. And he's like, "We are going dancing on Sunday." I'm like, "Okay," and uh. It was the Foxtrot. We were the youngest people in the room Ooh. by a solid 25 to 30 Gosh. years. And we're like, it'll be fun. It's like a nice, like neither of us really know what we're doing. It's a nice night out. We carved out this time. We were going to like go get dinner after. And it was funny because we get there. We're like way younger than everybody. Everybody else knows this dance very well. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we know nothing. And the first thing they say is, okay, switch, switch partners. partners. I was like, oh dear God. So that happened to us once. Yeah. And we were like, this sucks. We're not even together. The whole yeah. night we weren't even together. We weren't together. And then it's a Sunday in Wisconsin. So everything's closed. We don't anticipate it. And we can't even find a place to get dinner. We were literally oh. home from our date by like 7 45 PM. No. Like, oh my God. We're like 90. Oh um, my gosh. That's but the point that. is we carved out the time. We tried something new. We had some great laughs about it on the ride home. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I'm open to trying it again, but I think that's a big piece is prioritizing the marriage. Like mm -hmm. it's really easy to prioritize the things that you're super excited about that are new, like whether it's business or something that's launching or whatever. And I've said it to Michael where we've had this conversation and he's like, I just feel like you're, you're having like, you're in a mood or you're having a tough time when you're with me, but then I see you working or I see you on client mm -hmm. calls and you're like glowing. Like, why can't you bring that to me? And I identified that like we were in a tough season in our marriage and it wasn't coming naturally to me, but the other stuff was coming naturally. So it made me feel like a rock star and it made me glow. So I had to get back to a place where we could find those moments to like glow together, like where I could, we, I could carve out the time, not just like once, 
work is done, kids are fed, bathed, in bed, we're exhausted, we finally clean the house. Like, oh, here's our quality time at nine at night when we're both dead tired. You know, it's going it's on. Left, it's leftovers at that point. It's, it's left, like yes. It's fumes. You got nothing left in the tank and you wonder why you're not connecting. So thank the good Lord. We have three little kids, but we have a nanny to help us so that mm-hmm. we can work. And now we'll like, knowing our exhaustion level sometimes at night, mm-hmm. We'll utilize that time when she's here to go on like a day date or something. Totally. And it just, it's so fun and fresh and whatever. And, but we prioritize the time mm-hmm. and that's just such a key piece, you know, the communication and then putting it in your, not that it sounds bad, like put your spouse in your calendar, put your freaking spouse in the calendar because then oh, you know yeah. you're going to get that time with them uninterrupted. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things we were just talking about this morning is that that maybe slash hopefully it'll resonate with um, your listeners is this idea that I was was saying to Gerard, I was like, isn't it funny that a lot of people think that marriage is more of a status than a skill? Thanks to Facebook. I know, right? It's like you change... (laughs) Or like I was even filling out a, I was at the dentist yesterday and I had to like refill out a new patient form or something. And of course it says marital status and you either check the box for married or single or divorced or widowed or whatever. And I was like, isn't it funny that it's, it's, I mean, obviously I'm not going to write my life story on a, on a health form, but I think for a lot of people, it feels like a box to check. Or, or like a, a, a switch to flip or something like you're either not married or you're married. But if we started to view it as more of a skill, then it's a spectrum, right? And, and I think for entrepreneurs and like I said, high performers alike, regardless of what your actual like business model is or your profession, even, I think, uh, it would be helpful. I, I just wish someone would have told me as someone who loves to learn and who loves to get better at things and who is a curious spirit who is experimental in some cases and appreciates psychology and all of these optimization. I love efficiency. If someone would have told me earlier on slash before, I mean, even like in high school, someone could have explained this to me in terms of romantic relationships is that they take work, they take constant effort, and that it's beautiful and it can be still fun and life-giving and so magical in, in many ways, but that it's something that you'll always want to continue to develop in terms of your skills. And I think the good news for people who really care deeply about their career, entrepreneur or not, if you, if you can almost redefine your relationships as opportunities to learn and be curious and get better, I think it's helpful because then it's like, or at least for me, I think, oh, cool. This is something I can do with the same amount of intention and the same amount of excitement that I pour into my, my business and my work. Um, but again, if it's that primary, if it's your most, most important relationship as it I think should be and probably is, then you'd reap the benefits who knows how, how exponentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think a big, a big thing in, in marriage and at different times we've had walls up in our marriage naturally, just from how we were raised in our childhood or whatever it is, life experiences and what has helped bring those walls down. Like, whereas 
before, let's say I was in a hustle mode and that would be brought to my attention and I'd get defensive and I'd be like, I'm trying to provide for our family. I'm trying to build this thing, blah, blah, blah. Instead of vulnerability leads to intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. So if I could then come from that, like defensiveness usually is bubbling up from some pain or struggle that you're feeling, but you want to keep this wall up. If I could have let those walls down and now when I do and I say, listen, this is a behind the scenes look at my struggles with this and how I feel. And I know it's, it's taking time away from us. That's really hard. I'm sorry I've done that. Let me talk to you about what I'm going through. And, and that like breeds that connection and that vulnerability. Some of the times where we've had the most connected marriage is when one of us is really having a hard time and has the courage to be vulnerable and, and share that their heart. And it's like the other person rises to the occasion. Mm -hmm. And our big thing that we say to each other all the time and we see the other person going through their own battles is hop on, I'll carry you. Like I've got you. I've got oh, strong I've got strong enough <laughs> shoulders to carry the load right now. Like I'm your teammate. And it's connected us so deeply when mm, we've had the beautiful. courage to not be defensive and to say, mm. I've got you, don't worry about it. And to let their heart show and, and really receive that. So that's been a big thing for us. It's beautiful. I mean, I think we have that kind of lingo all the time. Sometimes we call it being each other's life raft, you know, when you feel like you're it's very similar and you're just like, I just need you to like be there so that I'm not just treading water this whole time, like pull me into the raft and help me along. But one of the things I was going to say, though, that you kind of just triggered in my mind is not only have we found that when we're vulnerable with each other, that helps our relationship. We've also found that when we're vulnerable with others, who are around us, um, other couples, other couples. when we're vulnerable with them and tell them, hey, this is something we're working through, or we need your advice, whatever it is, however that, that conversation takes place, as soon as we are vulnerable in that sense, that actually helps free us up even more to be carried, you know, and also just strengthen relationships around us so that our marriage can almost like these friendships around us can act as a life raft for our marriage. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's just, that can be just as powerful at times. And I think something that we like, I'm, you know, taking it back all the way to what I was saying when we started this conversation about why we started our podcast, it was, we needed that kind of community around us because we were so tired of trying to act like we weren't treading water, even though we were drowning. And then all of a sudden what we found in return was all these people who were listening to our podcast saying, oh my gosh, I thought we were the only ones. I had no idea anyone else was going through that particular thing you guys talked about, whatever it was. It's just amazing how people realize they, they, they turn outward from this like inward, um, self-focused, spiraling out of control viewpoint. Instead kind of, oh, look up, see what's around them and realize, yeah, we can do this too. I think there's a lot of shame when it comes to marriage struggles. And yeah when you internalize them, they, they fester. Mm -hmm. It's like, that was what was happening for us. And then once we started bringing the things we were struggling with out into the light, again, not only were people like, Oh wow, we're not the only ones, but then it made us realize that talking it out was part of how we were going to get through it. And, yeah. you know, you were talking about vulnerability, you know, within your marriage a second ago. And I think one of the things that we say over and over again, that has really been a powerful shift for us is that understanding that your partner's inner world is precious and meaningful terrain to understand just the same way your own inner world is important. And so we try to do really 
I was gonna say we try to do a really good job, but I, I think we try to be really intentional. We with, just try to do it. We just try. <laughs> no, we we try, we try to be really intentional with sharing with each other. This kind of goes to back, back to like maybe a more practical tip, but like if you find yourself in a moment of conflict or misunderstanding, or you're like things just are not clicking right now, I would say use that as an opportunity or just a moment where you can ask yourself what is going on in my inner world right now that. I could share with him or her in order for them to get a better understanding of what might be causing some of this rift. And so I'll just flat out say, can I tell you what's going on in my inner world right now? Or another phrase we've used a lot recently is this is more so in conflict with each other, but like I'll say, or he'll say the story I'm telling myself right now is, and then you fill in the blank. And then a lot of times it has to do with an actual interaction that we've had that sort of upset the other person or whatever it ends up being. But it's so helpful to share from that level of depth because then it's like everything's out on the table. And like I was saying earlier, you can untangle it more easily if it's all open and out there. And between two married people, it's what, what, what are you hiding anyways? You know, it's like yeah. I've got nothing to hide from him. Things are only going to get worse if we start to keep things from each other. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I see that for sure. In so many of the marriages of like my friends and people that are in my life or in my circles, and I see when they try to compartmentalize their life, like, well, I have my marriage, but then I have my own bank account because I don't want to be told what to do with my money. Or I have my own email and like, they don't have access to it because it's none of their business where I don't know. I just that I feel like that breeds opportunity and temptation to stray from pouring into and leaning into each other. And some of the best marriage advice that we ever received was from my mother-in-law who just said something along the lines of, you know, when you're struggling most and when you don't want to do it most, turn towards each other, not away. And it's played in my head many times when I've wanted to storm out of a room in an argument or whatever. And it's like, mm. all right, this is when I have to lean in because this is where it counts. This is where we're kind of made and we strengthen. Yeah. So I see the ripple effect you guys are, are having with what you're doing. I'm excited to see what's next from my, my nerdy business brain to kind of see how this is evolving for you guys. And um, <laughs> thank you. one question I like to ask is, you know, along this journey, what resources, so like think like books that you guys have read or seminars you've attended or people that you love that like, you're like, if you're in a relationship and you're struggling with this, read this, do that. One that jumps out right off the bat, this is kind of a funny one because it's a book. Well, first of all, are you familiar with Strengths Finder? Yep. So one of my top strengths is input, which means I like to consume literally all the resources so that I can then share them with others. So this is my favorite question ever to answer. Yeah, I, I, I've already kind of resigned to the fact that whatever she says is going to like overlap with everything I would have thought of. So, But I, what I, the reason I started off a second ago the way that I did is that my favorite marriage book of all time also happens to have had a significant impact on just my own personal psychology. And it also happens to be, I would say, it was catalyst for one of our biggest fights at <laughs> this day ever. The book is called Getting the Love You Want. I've read that. Have you? Did you enjoy it? I did. It's, it's so, intense though. It opens up it's the door. Super, that's what I'm saying. Is So I read it first and I would say the first, like, this is a rough estimate. I want to say the first, almost felt like the first half of the book, maybe, maybe more, really invites you to look very closely at your own 
uh, family of origin and your frames of reference and so much of the developmental psychology that happens in your life as a young person. So already that's like, okay, you're going to possibly be processing a lot. And then it kind of puts it into the context of A, why that affects who you chose, and then how it affects your interactions with who Mm -hmm. you chose, and then how it affects the strength and livelihood and ultimate result of whether or not you stay together with who you chose. And so a lot came up for us, for sure. But I also learned more about myself through that book that then I think impacted the way that I continue to learn about Gerard and then the ways that we interact with each other. So I think that's my favorite. Do you have one? Well, I would say that Rob Bell and Kristen Bell's book, The Zims on the Marriage, I thought was a great depiction of what it means for us to have this connection Mm -hmm. and how, what the distance between us, both physically and metaphysically, is so important. And the things that we put in between us are the things that gonna get are gonna get in the way of our connection. So it's mm. very practical in that way. I just really like that imagery that he uses in that in that book. Yeah, those are great. The, I would add from our personal uh, experiences with growing in our marriage, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Very insightful. Old school. Old school. I, like I remember. I guarantee my parents yes. have that on their bookshelf. I was just about to say. I remember being like four years old. And thinking it was such a funny title and it was sitting on like my mother's nightstand. It was like, so that, I don't think that will, that's timeless, super helpful. And then five love languages. That was a, that was a big one. I think that was a good one for us too. And I, you know, it's funny that one, the, the, the information itself in there is so valuable, but I remember we were both kind of like a little eye rolly about like, Oh, is this kind of cheesy? And some right. of the parts of it are the setup is it kind of does cross over into that territory, but it's honestly the language and the having that language yeah. has been very, very impactful oh, and understanding each other's love language more deeply. There's a lot of things. I mean, we're both very, I, I've, I'm just a glutton for personal development. And mm-hmm. so there are a handful of things that I would say too, and just in terms of understanding our various personality types, almost regardless of the actual typing system. It's just, I, one of our listeners turned dear friends uh, said this so eloquently once to us. They, I think it was on one of our Great Love Getaways. And I'll never forget it. Grant said, I think this was a piece of advice he had gotten. And he said, one of my greatest honors in life is to continue to become a good student of my spouse. And just the way that he framed that Mm. and has continued to, and so I guess my point in bringing that up is that understanding him more deeply helps me to show up for him in a better capacity. And so I think any of those types of resources are generally helpful, especially if it's then used to like talk through kind of what's going on and troubleshoot whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's always troubleshooting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on. This was so helpful. And I feel like it was a, it's a topic that we need, you know, but we like we do in our marriages, we kind of take it for granted because it's not moving the needle in our bottom line or whatever. But ultimately it is like when things are operating correctly in the home, it it can positively affect everything. And you feel like you're, I know for me, uh, if things are out of whack with my husband, it affects all things. And I can't escape that because it means so much to me. So thank you so much for your time today and your nuggets of wisdom. And I love seeing what you guys are doing. Absolutely. We're so glad to be here. And yeah, I think you said it perfectly is that 
This is one of those things where it's foundational, I think, to a happy, healthy life. Not that you have to be married, but living in community and in relationship with others is really going to be what trickles out into all other areas. And so why wouldn't you prioritize it? And um, we're so thankful for the work that you're doing and we're happy to happy to be here. So, And where can people come find you? Well, we, I mean, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, our show's called Marriage is Funny. And one of the things I would say we're most excited about right now is we are hosting a live in-person marriage summit called Grounded in Long Beach next year in 2020. And we're just really excited about it being an opportunity for a bunch of brilliant minds to come together to unpack what a healthy marriage looks like for the sake of trying to become more resilient partnerships so that we can go out into the world and do great things. And so I'm excited not only for that, but also to see kind of where that takes us, especially in terms of scalability and your show continues to be a great resource and a great source of inspiration for us. But yeah, Grounded Marriage Summit, I'm sorry, groundedmarriage.com mm-hmm. is the site for that. And I'll we're on social media as awesome. Meet the Peppers too. Yeah, I love that. I will link to both the summit and you guys where they can find you in the show notes. Cool. They can get uh, in touch with you guys and follow your journey like I have been. One of the other things I was going to say too is you do something so well on your show. And one of the things that I think it has inspired in us is just understanding and ideating different ways that we can unpack parts of our own journey and creating teachable moments for our, we call them our great love gang, but essentially our community that has just sort of materialized through doing the show. So one of the things I was excited to tell you is that we created, I guess it's kind of like almost like a workshop or a a video series. There's three videos where each one of them is, we take a marriage myth. It's like well-meaning advice that has sort of almost backfired backfired for us. (laughs) Yeah. And we've reframed the myth and turned it into something that has actually worked for us. So if any of your listeners are interested, they can go to meetthepeppers.com slash scaling up. We have a special link. Yeah. And so they can get that there. It's totally free. There's just three short videos, but the point is they're watchable either alone or with your partner. And then there's some insightful discussion questions that sort of lead people into that talking things out moment that we, we have seemed to be so beneficial. And so, yeah, if anyone's interested, they can go ahead and grab that. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I will absolutely link to that. That sounds like right up my alley. And I know I love it too. That's awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.